You like my 80s drums? I love them, yeah. So let's say this from the get-go. Okay. Avid fans were pouring in yeah. with concerns, emails, calls last week. Where's my latest episode of OZ that this are? And um, they were right to notice that we didn't publish one. We did, in fact, record one. We did, yeah. And the drift correction on one of the microphones wasn't working, and I couldn't, okay. in all my efforts, edit it back to something that it we could use. Normal. Yeah. So let me state the real tragedy of that. Okay. <laughs> of all the things we lost, yeah. our conversation with Elliot Cry, MBA analyst, is oh, our biggest loss. Because we can recreate the, the gems, but yeah. that can't be recovered. That kind of look at the NBA, you no. can't get, and now he's back in school. Yeah, the sort of sharp look at what's going on in the NBA. Because we're a bunch of dum-dums. We are so, casual fans. <laughs> yeah, we need a guy like Elliot Cry to really add legitimacy to this. Yeah, and tell us what's going on. Well, Taylor. Yes, Joshua. It was a hard week last week. It was. Um, let's say the name of our friend one more time. Okay. Alicia Nicole Martinez. Alicia. We both participated in her funeral last week. We did. We're so honored to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was an honor. She was just a wonderful human being. Really? And the youngest person in McLennan County to die of COVID. Really? Yeah. Gosh. So she um, she had some reach in the news and everywhere else. Yeah. And I think as people got into her story, they discovered just a really rich individual. Who yeah. Loved people ferociously and did good things. Yeah. So um, since we're already in the space of hard things, okay. one of my notes to talk about this week yeah. was also last week, we lost another Waco giant. Mm-hmm. We did. We did lose another Waco giant. It was, I always called her Mama Barris. Is that what her Well, name? I think that was kind of her tag. I think her name okay. is Mary. Okay. What a right. Mary from Barris. Yes. Mary. She was the delightful, um, slightly crotchety, uh-huh. um, but in an appropriate way, like in an Italian way. And, and it felt like, um, um, it just felt correct. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, she fit the you part. You were never like, oh, she's mad at me. You were like, yeah, no. that's just, she's living her life. It's like a New Yorker kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, just such a special place in Waco, the Barris Restaurant. Yes. And of course, they've been an episode sponsor of the past, so we're grateful for our relationship with them. Yes. Supporting us. But um, great food at a great price. That's what I say about them. Yeah. Uh, best deal in terms of quality of food for price, worst parking lot in Waco. Oh my gosh, worst parking lot in Waco. Yep. Or maybe in the world. We could do some field study. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I think bad. We could even just do some Google Maps. I bet there's a list somewhere, a BuzzFeed, 10 worst parking lots. That'll, Barris has got to be and there. And we should add. But their food makes up for it, and Mary made up for it. Mary did. And so I was just so glad I got to know her. Yeah. We've used them a lot, too, through church for events. Yeah. Because they they're great a great deal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, thank you, Mary. Yes, thank you very much, Mary. Well, I have a bunch of things to talk about. Here's my first one. Okay. A while back in staff meeting, okay. um, I I am always kind of the one who asks, hey, guys, like, tell me about this thing in culture because I'm not sure what I'm supposed to think. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I just assume everybody's further along in the journey. One of the things I asked about was the A, what I'm calling the A-OK symbol. Okay. Sure, yeah. It's this. Uh-huh. I'm making this symbol. Now, this symbol has come under scrutiny in the last year because it's been used by white supremacists. Is that right? Yes. And is the thing like they do it with their hand down kind of below their belt. Mm-hmm. And that means A-OK. Yeah. So I was paying attention to a feller in Waco. It's worth saying in this instance that he's African-American. Okay. But like he was kind of ferociously having this debate in a public space. Really? Um, like is it, do they get to co-opt the symbol? Right. Did we lose the symbol? I kind of watched from a distance. I brought up in a staff meeting. And um, it was, um, I felt like the general consensus was, yes, this is now very much an offensive symbol. And I wanted to be conscious of that. Sure. Um, because I, you know, want to be somebody who honors how norms change. Right. Well, I get a text from somebody last week who, okay. again, I'm going to state is an African-American. And somebody who is pretty well versed in the nuances of race discussion in okay. this country. Sure. And they replied to me with, guess what? The AOK symbol. Yep. And they used appropriately so a black emoji to do that. Sure. So I was like, wait a minute here. So my question is, is like, 
you know how we say beauty is in the eye of the beholder? Yeah. Is symbol in the um, reception of the giver-receiver? I do think... I, I do think probably so. Also, again, there's something to be said for the fact that this is, like, truly, I think, within the last year that this has happened. And so there's going to be people who don't know about it. And I think there's a difference between just, like, doing the okay and then, like, the thing with your fingers pointing down. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. Maybe there's... Maybe someone just didn't know about it. Well... But okay, so that I guess that's my question though. Is that your answer that they don't know about it, well, or is the answer possibly that no, it doesn't get to be the symbol, and they know about it and they don't care? I think both of those things are options. Yeah, because like, I do wonder how symbols evolve. Yeah, and why is it that the sucky people get to steal co-op them? something? Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like. Or there's some people that hear about things like that and they're like, no. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're just like, what a silly thing. I'm still going to keep giving people the okay symbol. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. I, um, my MO on this stuff, it, to me, it's like a, it's, it's not a loss at all. I'm not a persecuted Christian because I can't use the A-OK <laughs> symbol anymore. Sure, like, sure. and I'm just going to actively seek to learn and honor people and, you know, play it safe. Right. Yeah. But I'll, I'll just tell this story. So, um, you and I were recording our 15-minute warning from church one time. Yeah. And this is actually what prompted me to have this discussion on staffing. I don't know if I told people this. Oh. But at the end of your thing, uh-huh. you just did like a, cool, like you gave me the A-OK thing. Uh-huh. And somebody like texted me. I was like, hey, you have to take that down. Because, and they didn't think you did it on purpose. They sure. know that you're very, you know, um, probably more involved on this than I am, certainly. No. And, but just like, you know, and it could be not conscious even. Sure. But I'm like, okay, this is a bigger deal than I thought. The A-OK thing. So I took it down because, you know, what yeah. does that 15-minute church start thing cost us? Sure, Nothing. Right, yeah. But um, I don't know. I just am like, here's my thing. I don't think we culturally have consensus on things all the time that people think we do. No. Now, even within, it's not just left versus right. It's like within yeah, harmonious groups of people, they don't all see stuff the same way. Right, I agree. No, yeah. that's definitely true. And... I I think um there a thing came up yesterday on Twitter, and it was this girl had put um like the if you're a bad cook. Beginning like bad cook, starter pack. That's what it said. So it was like all you know it's like four things, four pictures on Twitter that she said were like, if you use these things, you're a bad cook essentially. <clears throat> and the things were the like minced up garlic in a jar. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And iodized salt and the, the like, bottles of lemon juice that you, like, not lemonade, but, like, lemon juice, you know? Mm-hmm. That look like a lemon that you keep in the yeah. fridge. If you use those, you're a bad cook. <clears throat> well, hold on. And then, yeah, and then one more thing. What was the last thing? I can't remember. But, yeah, like, if you use those things, you're a bad cook because you don't take the time to, like, Get fresh versions of those. Get a fresh. I definitely use the minced garlic all the time. We do. We use it all the time. All the time. Mostly because, like, look, I'm a real human trying to live a real life, Mm -hmm. and some people were like, "You just like, um, you just like smash a clove of garlic," and it's like, no, not if it calls for minced garlic. Right. Then you have to mince up garlic. And mincing is hard. It's not just like the Donald Duck cartoon. It is horrible. Like I don't care what anybody says. And so, also people, but really, people were mad because they were like, these are accessibility tools. Like, it's like, if someone has trouble using their hands, it's easier for them to use a jar of minced up garlic. Where is this people saying this stuff? Like, who cares about this that much? This is on Twitter. Okay. This is on Twitter. And so, but it is like... And, you know, it's easier to squeeze that bottle of lemon juice than it is to... Um, Sometimes I think people just want to be mad. I'll be honest. I know, but this is like people from the disability community saying. Like, oh, they're saying don't use. Saying like these things are important for me. Like this is how I am able to cook a meal with my energy. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like the people who are saying you're not a real cook if you don't use these things. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you just want to be mad. You just want to be upset. Right. Why do you care so much? And then it's like... um, she, she posted three of them. She deleted them eventually because people came for her. 
But she posted three of them, and the last one was like um, a hand mixer. Like you're a bag cook if you use a hand mixer, and I was like, oh, so you're just rich. Like is what's happening. Like some people don't have time or money right. for a stand mixer, you know. So, um, so but that, I think that was an example of Chrissy Teigen got involved of like within a community, people feeling different ways about a similar Here's, thing. Let me give you a theory because this is okay. true of um. It's, it's true of every academic discipline or anything where somebody has a specialty. Mm-hmm. It's like artists who like good art, you know, where everybody else like, well, it's like, you know what? You just see that because A, you've trained yourself to perceive the world that way, mm-hmm. but because you have an immense amount of time to pour into this one thing that nobody else does. And the fact that you'd expect anybody to see the world that way is just obnoxious and stupid. Well, and you know what to me it always shows is um, a lack of immaturity or actually a lack of knowledge. I feel like everyone who like, really knows also knows that like like I feel like a sign of immaturity and a sign of intelligence is like that you can acknowledge that even you like you know I feel like experts are always being like there's so much more for me to learn about this topic and so then they seem to have space for like a beginner to know like this is a person who's beginning and it's someone who like has sort of just moved past beginner level work. Yeah. That is the person who's always criticizing. You can always tell who the secure smart people are versus the insecure ones. Yeah. Because the secure ones have no problem celebrating a diverse set of approaches to their discipline. Yes. Also, I just have hated rules for like my whole life. Hmm. And so when someone's like, this is the way you have to do this thing, I'm always like, no, I do not. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> well, um, this is why I also think Ratatouille is such a, a powerful movie. Ratatouille? Yeah, because, you know, the anyone can cook thing. Yeah. And yes. he, here's the theory I was going to talk about a second ago. I actually think um, hand mixer, onion chopper lady, garlic mince lady, sure. should be thankful for the lemon squeeze bottle. Yeah. This is why. Because those... Shortcuts and accessibility uh-huh. also help us appreciate when somebody is really artistic and finds these nuances in cooking because then it becomes something we can all enjoy, like the craft of. Yeah. But if you don't have that dissonance and everybody is a professional, yeah. then we don't appreciate it. Yes. We've talked about this before. Because yeah. I feel very much like everyone can cook. I feel like everyone can sing. Oh, that's not true. But it is. We don't need to have this debate again. It's true. Everyone can sing. I will say, you know, you said that to me, and sometimes I listen to myself sing in here, and I am by no means good. But you're right. I'm not as horrible as I thought I was yeah. based on people's reaction. Like, you can tell what I'm trying to sing, at least. Yeah. yeah. And I can tell what you're trying to sing. Yeah. And also, it's like, um, mostly, I think singing should be a group activity. So it's like, you know, you don't, you don't, not everybody needs a solo voice. Like everyone can have a chorus voice. Yeah. It's like when we're all working together, that's when it sounds good. Hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, Taylor, here's another question I had for you. Okay. So I noticed on your social medias. Okay. After, I think it was the inauguration. Uh Uh-huh. You said, and now we get to hold them accountable. Mm Mm-hmm. Can you just unpack that a little bit? Yeah, I can. Um, well, I just feel like. Um, I think, I mean, we've been very clear on this podcast. Obviously, I voted for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. They are the people who I thought would lead our country best. But I don't, um, like, wholeheartedly agree with them. Like, I don't think because Joe Biden was sworn in as the president, all of our problems are fixed, you know? Um, I think that um, the work of justice is long. And we have to continue doing it, even when people who we might agree with more are in power. And so, like, I'm excited that he is the president and that she is the vice president and that they are doing the work of leading our country. But I don't think that, like, I, I worry, I guess, that people will be like, oh, it's fixed now because, sure. because these new people are in power. But it's like... um. In any other country, <laughs> Joe Biden would be a conservative. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, not that there's anything wrong with conservatives, but like, I just think that like um, some of the things I would like to see done in this country are, 
I don't, I are still yet to be done. And so like, if I just zone out or tune out and stop paying attention, um, I don't know that those things will get done. You know, the work of like fighting for justice and equality for everyone, everyone in this country. So I think that was my thought. Yeah. Um, well, I, I just want to say I appreciated it. Um, you know, and I think as I'm swimming through my own emotions, I'm getting a lot of clarity on some of the conversations we had about unity before November. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciated it because I remember one time and it was in one of those two episodes where I said, I just want so badly for help. We just both looked out the window and saw a cat run across my uh-huh. Um, I want so badly for my side to be better because I expect more from them. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciated your post because I feel like it was in that spirit. And I also think how much better would the country be if the most vigorous accountability came from the people closest yeah. to the power? Yeah. So like the, if like, imagine if QAnon people had kept Trump yeah. accountable. If we all held our own sides the right. most accountable. And then I think the discourse would improve yeah. drastically if I could see... And trust that, okay, we disagree and stuff, but they're also not giving a free pass to yeah. my politician. But you're going to bring the best version of your stuff to the yeah. table. Yeah. yeah. So, way to go. Oh, thank you. I, I thought that's what you meant by that post. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really appreciated it. Well, thank you. Well, um, speaking of the inauguration. Yes, let's. How about that Amanda Gorman? Oh, my gosh. Can you believe it? Well, not first let me say this, because there was really two things besides the, the inauguration, which was beautiful in so many ways. Yeah. My tweet on the 21st was that I didn't get any steam on, which I thought was great, was uh-huh. doing really good because I bought stock in Bernie memes and Amanda Gorman poems on the 19th. <laughs> so here's the question. What was That's a bigger funny. deal? Bernie, the memes are Amanda Gorman? Yeah. I think, I, you know, I think you have to give it to Amanda Gorman right. it's because... Like, Comedy versus drama. Yeah. Or just like, yeah, content versus like memes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. But what a cultural phenomenon I those mean, memes I mean, the were. memes made it a long, long way. Um, but I, which was just really funny. I do think Bernie Sanders, um, I, is great mean content, actually. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, um,. I appreciated that he just, it seems like he just is himself. Do you know what I mean? And so he was like, I'm not going to buy a special outfit to go to this thing. So I think he was really funny, but she was a light. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. she was just so, the content was so wonderful and she's like 22 years old. That's what blew me away is uh, as I'm watching this. I, like, I knew she was a big deal in the moment, and really, I gauge these things by how they perform on social media. Yeah. Especially with things that are like an emotional response. Uh-huh. Like, I've tried so hard to understand poetry. It's just not going to happen in my lifetime. Really? I mean, I, I, I appreciate it. I'm yeah. just not good at it. I know, yeah. Hearing it. It's a, I do think it's a, some of it's a number thing. So I did just kind of watch people talk about her. And like, oh, this is a big deal. She did a really good job. Yeah, she did a really good job. And I mean, her when I look at her content, which I can do because I'm, you know, I can like objectively read words. I thought, oh yeah, these are well assembled, beautiful. Yeah. And just I, you know, I don't have emotional response. Two um, Hamilton quotes. Oh, that's Not a fun from fact. Alexander Hamilton, but from the musical Hamilton. Um. So speaking of Bernie memes. Yeah. I was wondering if you would tell me like what your favorite one was. <laughs> um. You know, I don't know that my favorite one was actually one of the ones of him in the chair, although they were all hysterical. Um, But I saw one, a bunch of my favorite ones were just like captions on Twitter of people saying like, Bernie's out here reminding us that some of us have jobs to go to because it's like he just was, you know, carrying an envelope and like having stuff to do. Um, And then... I think my very favorite one was somebody had said something like that and somebody captioned it and said like, I'm just going to go to Joe's thing for a minute or something oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, that <laughs> it was great. a list like 10.30 drop off laundry, <laughs> 11.30 Joe's thing, 12 o'clock, <laughs> yeah. ping pong game. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, that was probably my favorite. That actually, one. I laughed the most hearty, heartily. What about you? Um, yeah, I think, you know, it happened so fast. Like, I downloaded the icon to make my own, and I'm like, okay, what do I love? I love Harry Potter. And about mm-hmm. an hour later, there was a Harry Potter one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have Photoshop, so I couldn't make it look really good. I appreciated the one we did at UBC just because that was home that Candy did. Yes, I loved that one. Um, I did also like the one where he's sitting on the iron beam with the workers in the 1920s. <laughs> I really liked that one too. I just, I mean, but they, I mean, I couldn't stop laughing. They were so, so well done. And I know they were just all so funny. Yeah. And one of those things that it felt like as soon as they started also like, I mean, they went on for a couple of days, but then it feels like they ended and now they're done, you know? Right. Which I, I don't know. I love things like that that have such a timestamp. Yeah. But, like, I'm imagining next year when we do our year roundup. Oh, yeah. Inauguration, burning riot, memes. and burning memes will be, like, January. Absolutely. Inauguration, yeah. But also, we have, I mean, like, we have to talk about all those women and how beautiful they looked and all those yeah. amazing clothes. Yeah, and it's like they planned it because I saw, like, the rainbow thing somebody assembled yeah. of all them standing next Oh, to. wow. I don't know. It was all jewel tones, though, and it was, like, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, Michelle Obama, I will just never get over. She's mm-hmm. amazing. She's a dynamite individual. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of which, though, I had this thought, and I want to congratulate myself before I heard the masses agree with me, which mu- there must have been tension, but Lady Gaga looked like the Mockingjay. Yes. Although, yeah, the masses did agree with you on that one. Yeah. I usually don't pick up things, so I was just really excited that I... Also, um, for the record... I think this land is your land is maybe a controversial, this land is my land is maybe a controversial song choice. I thought Jayla sounded really good. I thought her intonation and her tone were really great. And I don't normally think that, especially when she's singing more softly. Hmm. I love Jayla. I think she's very talented. I think her greater talents lie in acting and dancing. But um, I thought she sounded really good. And then she like sang that Let's Get Loud in the middle of... And I thought when she was speaking in Spanish, so beautiful. And then she sang Let's Get Loud in the middle of the song. Did you did you catch that? Oh, yeah. Okay. And I follow a writer named Shay Serrano. Oh, you talk about him every once in a while. One of my favorite. And he said... He tweeted like, you're absolutely a fool if you don't think I'm just going to scream Let's Get Loud randomly throughout the course of the rest of my life. And... I also have been doing that in my home, and Kathleen and my dogs don't really appreciate it, but I still mm. just have been screaming, let's get loud, and I love it. It's been my new favorite thing to do. Inspiring good things in all of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was one other thing I wanted to mention about that, and now it is not going to be, but I was just so excited to see Kamala Harris um, sworn in. I know. That was very meaningful. It was. There was a tweet going around early last week that was like, on Tuesday, like today's the last day yep. that there will never have been a female vice president. Um, I will say, going back to the now, let's keep them accountable and you feeling like he's not going to do something we do. I have been surprised with, I feel like, how aggressive he's been, though. Well, I don't know what he's going to do, but it's like, you know, like if I'm not paying attention, I can't. Do you know what I mean? Maybe he's going to be great, but it, I just feel like I have to pay attention. And um, he has, yeah, I think been pretty aggressive in his I mean, yeah that's like a the lot keystone pipeline borders. yeah he's back in the one climate accord i don't know if it was the paris one but it was the paris one because ted cruz got very mad well i saw that but i thought it was actually like but anyhow yeah so he did that he did and some of those things are mostly symbolic yeah but they're still um nonetheless it's a but they have signal, consequences right signal what kind of leadership he's going to offer yeah. and that he's not gonna try and yeah you know um we court the Middle, far right the middle right. right yeah so anyways uh it was a good week that reg- in that regard that was a bright spot and that way was a bright the inauguration was like um was a good a highlight of the week i felt like i could i woke up that morning and felt like i could breathe like yeah. the weight had been taken off my chest well, uh, one thing we tried to talk about last week that didn't make it in, obviously, was that I reread and am now finished with the first Harry Potter book. Yeah. So oh, you, yeah. you knew this, but there's a couple critical scenes at the end that aren't in the movie in terms uh-huh. of how the professor set up obstacles for them to get through. Yeah. 
Um, I had forgotten Snape had a potion logic problem. Uh-huh. You and, had to choose which potion to take, right? And also um, that, uh, who else was it? Somebody else set something up. That the, oh, there was like a troll. That was in the... The troll's in the movie. No, because there's a troll. The troll's earlier. Yeah. Because Quirrell says, I, I did that troll earlier. Did you see the troll I just killed back here? Oh. So they get by a troll, but there's another thing then too that's not in there. So it's the chess game, the devil's snare, the charms from Flitwick. Yeah, the Snape. keys. McGonagall did the transfiguration on the chess game. Yeah. And then Dumbledore did the mirror of Irised. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one other one though, and I thought that's not in the movie either. Yeah, there are a few more in the sh- in the book that I guess they felt that they didn't have time for in the movie, but I can't off the top of my head think of what they are. Yeah, I just read it last night. But anyways, that's not important. The other thing I told you last week though is I was surprised that um, J.K. Rowling gives voice to some of the. Um, uh, it's not disdain. That's way overstated. The she sort of picks on Hufflepuff yeah. a little bit through characters. Yeah, we talked about it. And that surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. Because she has such an anti-bully message throughout the rest of the book in terms of muggles. Sure. And um, that it's then like she kind of underhandedly... Well, but I think it's like... Um, you know, it's like obviously she also at times is, has characters like saying like Voldemort is cool and it's like she doesn't think that or espouse that or like we are not supposed to think that that's true also but like she is giving voice to the reality of the world you know so it's like um the reality of the world similar to our world is that like they don't necessarily value this the things the skills that Hufflepuffs bring to the table yeah but that's their loss, I say. That is their loss. Yeah. Um, you know, one other thing that, like, I underlined a few things reading. Mm-hmm. One of them was what Dumbledore says about the Mirror of Ears said. Mm-hmm. Really hit me hard as a three. What does he say? He says something like, um, this isn't the quote at all, but basically, you would do well not to stare at the mirror because people have gotten lost in dreams and stopped living life. It does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. Yes. Something like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that was a little too close to home. Yeah, yeah. That's super Enneagram 3-ish, I think. Yeah. It's like be present to what is happening and Mm -hmm. the beauty in your life. Yeah. It's a hard thing to do. It is a hard thing to do. Really hard. We all get caught up in... There's so many things that are urgent, you know? Yeah. Makes it hard to focus on. Um, Last thing, that book is just so readable still. 25, really? 30 years later. I haven't read the the first three. I talked to Ali Asheril about this one time. I read pretty much four through seven, just like on a loop all the time. Hmm. And she was saying she reads like one through four or one through three all the time. Nobody gets to... That's interesting. Yeah, so we do the opposite. I um, do, for some reason, the first three movies I love so much. I don't know why. It's the Christopher Colum- Columbus of it all. What's his name? That's yeah. not his name. I think, though, that the person that did movie three, though, Columbus did the first two. I think, you know who did the third one? Is that Alfonso Serian or whatever? Yeah. He did um, that movie that was an Academy Award nominee last year. It was the black and white film. Uh-huh. Um, the one set in Mexico? Yeah. Uh-huh. Same guy. That kind of blew my mind. He hasn't done a ton of movies, but he directed that Harry Potter movie and he did that uh-huh. Oscar winning movie. Um, he, yeah, uh, yeah, I do find, you know, they all bring different things to the table. By the end of the, by movie, by movie six, they're like, it's insane. The castle is like, everything's broken and dark all of the time. Well, I'm glad you brought this up. One thing that drives me up the wall about the movies Uh is that the, um, the topography around Hogwarts is not the same at all. Right. In, do you mean in... Um, like the elevation of Hagrid's hut, yeah. where Hagrid's is, like how close the castle is to water, yeah. where the Whomping Willow is, yeah. where the forest is. It's so strange to me because it's like, this feels like you just weren't paying attention. Like it doesn't... You still made these things. You just didn't put them where they go. Well, it's also interesting because um, when you think about movies and books, like she never gives, obviously, an exhaustive description of the castle. So whoever right. creates the exterior shot the first time 
is committing us to Hogwarts for all time. Yeah. Um, like from the theme park to, you know, all the way through. Yeah. Which is just insane. Well, that's how I felt lately. I, well, I feel so many ways about Harry Potter. I mean, I can just keep reading my books and not give any money to J.K. Rowling, but I am interested in, like, um, it feels like there is a bunch of things about this first round of movies, and, like, surely they're going to make them again just in reality. Do you know what I mean? Like, how there's, like, three or four Lord of the Rings at this point, you know what I oh, mean? Oh, you mean they'll do remakes? Yeah, they'll do remakes. That and is I, crazy to think that they would do that. But they probably will. Yeah, and we'll all pay to go see it. Yeah, probably. Except if uh, I can hold my principles and not give move, not give money to J.K. Rowling. But I wonder if the remakes will get it better. Which is to say the first movies obviously are great. But I just wonder if with some space. They're, like, the sixth movie is insane. They burned down the burrow. Why? That doesn't happen. Oh, really? Yeah. See, that's the stuff I forget. Yeah. Well, anyways, that's probably enough for people. Oh, just a really nerdy thing about me, though. Sure. I download this app called Macaria, I think it's called. It's basically a giant online garage sale. Oh, cool. And um, I buy, use it mostly to buy Hallmark ornaments that are hard to find. <laughs> and the Harry Potter ones are so expensive in the resale market. Yeah. If you want to make money, buy the Harry Potter ornaments, hold on to them four or five years, and resell them. Because people really buy them for yeah. high prices. Almost all yeah. those ornaments appreciate. It's weird. Yeah. Some of them don't, though. So, so, like, don't buy a ton of the ones that suck. <laughs> okay. We I don't really have a history with... The only person I know who's, like, so obsessed with them is you. Yeah, well, I'm I'm a collector. Yeah, because you're so cool. Thank you. Um, last thing I want to talk about, we talked about this last week again. Nobody knows. Okay. That show Atypical I'm watching. Yeah. I just feel like it gets better and better. Okay. You didn't watch... You watched a season? No, I haven't watched it at all. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I can't recommend it with the enthusiasm that I recommend some things, but I think I said this before, I have a deep appreciation for humor where somebody, um, not to their own fault, is ignoring cultural norms. Right. Um, and I was thinking, like, this. I have the same kind of, it evokes the same kind of laugh in me, like when anyone is placed in a foreign culture where okay. they don't know the rules and make the same kind of blunders, but yeah. it can't be a blunder because... They can't be held accountable. Know. Right, yeah. And then it's just honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the show, so, and all the characters are so good. Um, and this is, what is, uh, this is a person who's neurodivergent? Yeah, he's um, neuro, I don't know what the language is, divergent. And he has autism. He's on the autism spectrum. Yep. And he's very high functioning, though. I'm using the language of the show. Right. And um, he is looking for love. That's how it starts. Okay. But there's also this great subtext of he loves Antarctica and penguins. Oh, right. Yes. And so they use these um, as like, you know how you tell a story with a story? Yeah. Like he's always narrating about how yeah. Shackleton went there and this is how we do this. And yeah. It, it's, that part, I think, is really clever, too. I watched and listened recently to the also the... Um, episode of the west wing and the episode of the west wing weekly podcast called the stack house filibuster which is about the oh, yeah. granddad who donna kind of figures out that he well he's a congressman mm-hmm. um and donna figures out that he's got a grandchild who is on the autism spectrum who is neurodivergent and um the podcast i thought did a great job because they talked some about autism using the language of the show um from like the 90s and then they got a lot of feedback from listeners um and they did like the next half of like the next episode they talked about like language about being neurodivergent and how like you autism research isn't like seeking a cure for autism but they're seeking to like better understand it and also for um ways to integrate people with autism into society because um because uh, it's not they're not broken they don't need a cure it's just that like they just like all of us there are things they don't understand about society mm-hmm. and that they don't understand about other people yeah that seems to be one of the arcs of the show is like how can we educate society in a way better to help us all engage uh, neurodivergent folks yeah respectfully and in a way that honors them yeah um, yeah that's cool 
Atypical. Is it on? What? I think I asked you this. Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Okay, Taylor. Well, that brings me through my list. Do you have anything you want to talk about this week? Mm, No. I think we hit it all. Okay. Well, Taylor, it is now time for a word from our sponsors. Sponsors. Taylor, you know what I watched when I was putting away my Christmas decorations? What did you watch? I watched You've Got Mail. And it just made me realize how special it is to live in a town that has a tremendous bookstore with character, personality, and that has the books you want to read at a fair price in a charming environment where you can get yourself a little mochaccino. Yeah. And guess what? In Waco, we have one of those. Yeah, we do. It's called Fabled Bookshop and Cafe. Fabled Bookshop And it can be found at 215 South 4th Street in Waco. That's 215 South 4th Street. And you could give them a call if you wanted with a phone number that I can't find right now. Oh, here it is. 254-296-8143. 254-296-8143. I will also say Fabled hosts really great events as well. They do. They're a cultural promulgator. Is that a word? Promoter? Promoter. And I and they've hosted some like COVID safe ones as well. Mm-hmm. I've been like outside. Everybody's masked. We're all far away from each other. So... Great job. I'm just so thankful for them. Well, Taylor, our next sponsor is somebody we reach back out to in light of recent events. Mm-hmm. We're so honored to have partnered with Barris mm-hmm. Restaurant. And so in honor of mm-hmm. our good friend Mary, yeah. we have actually given them this ad spot for free this week. Yeah. And just wanted to promote how special they are in the Waco area, how much they have meant to us. And their great menu at a fair price with the worst parking lot. Yeah. So if you've never done it, take yourself over to 904 North Valley Mills. Yeah. Um, that's 904 North Valley Mills. Or give them a call to check out the menu at 254-772-2900. And get some good Italian food. And we're back. We're back. Well, Taylor, one week ago today yeah. was MLK Day. Is it, It's MLK Day. Even though he's Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, I think so. That just doesn't roll off the tongue. tongue MLK Jr. Day. Yeah, yeah. MLK Jr. Uh, and his birthday was the Friday before that, I think. Right? Oh, I don't think I knew that. Well, I think the idea is like, let's get the day around his birthday. Okay. But it's a Monday always, it right? It moves, right. Yeah, yeah, so it's like Thanksgiving. It's always that Thursday or whatever. Right. So we, um, we celebrated <laughs> MLK. I just remember, I'm sorry. One time I was at Tove's house with British John and... Uh, Tove was like, British John, are you coming over for Thanksgiving? And he was like, when is it? And Tove was like, it's Thursday. It's on Thursday. It's always on Thursday. And British John was just like, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Anyways, back on topic. Um, so there it is. Uh, so I wanted to talk to you about this. I was very torn this year mm-hmm. about how to use my social media presence, which right. I'm torn about at large. Not like, let's take out something like this. Right. And coming into the day, mm-hmm. I had seen more posts that intended, uh, this is a word that's going to be pejorative. I don't mean it to be. Okay. I was going to say police. That's not right. Okay. Uh, um, were coaching me. Sure. On what not to do as a privileged white person and how to use his quotes. Yeah. More of those than I saw almost quotes or posts about him. Right. Um, and I had mentioned before, Craig wrote, I thought, a really good article yeah. about this. And so it's a message that needed to get out, and it was a message that probably was in the middle of thinking through. So it was prudent. Sure. Um, and then the other side of the spectrum was to um, not say anything, though, and be um, uh, silent on in a time when it's really critical in our country. So you have performative allyship, and then they all... I, I will say, in light of all the posts about... Um, don't post this flippantly or the wrong way or to bless your kind of latent racism. Mm -hmm. I I feel like I probably only saw four or five of those. Um, And, you know, to to even make that is to make a judgment is to say about these people that they don't get it. You felt that they were. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. Can you give me some feedback on how to post MLK posts? Um. Well, I think mostly, this is true, um, social media is, you know, a personal platform. And uh, these are obviously my opinions, I suppose. 
And so, you know, I think you get to post what you want on social media. However, it's also a public platform, and so people get to respond, you know? And that's one of my least favorite things, when someone posts something on social media and then refuses to hold any accountability about, like, what they've posted. Um, and so I think that... Can I ask you a question? This may blow off topic. Okay, sure. So as a three, that is very excruciating for me. Which part of it? When I post a public blunder like that. Blunder? Sure. Okay. Um, do you think that's everybody feels that way, though? I don't think we're, by and large, good at taking correction in America. Um, I guess my question, is that unique to me, or is that how everybody feels? I think there are some people who don't feel that way, but I don't think... I also don't think you're like... It can just be like, oh, a learning moment. Like, there's that person? Yeah, I think they're few and far between. Okay. But uh, I'm sure there's, like, at least one person like that. Okay, keep going. But I think for the most part, if you post something on social media and you get blowback for it, I think most people feel bare minimum embarrassed yeah i do yeah um yeah so um all that to say i think people get to post what they want to post on social media i do think as you know people attempting i think both of us attempting to be thoughtful um adult christian adults um and allies to our friends and community members who are people of color it makes sense to be thoughtful about how we post mlk quotes and so i think if you're posting willy-nilly and in your life you're like you know sort of speaking out also against like critical race theory or um uh refusing to call out racism in your personal life and in your community um or you know if you're i mean even if you're not living up to the ideals that mlk sort of laid out for people like you know mlk believed in like basic universal income you know and so like which is not to say that you have to agree with him on everything to like post a quote from him but i think it's like but that is a good observation yeah because there are some people who are pretty militant about the you don't get to post if Mm -hmm. and it's like do i have to buy into all of somebody's platform if i'm gonna speak on behalf of any of it sure so I, i do think it's a sense of like um uh i don't think i don't I think some of it's like personal belief. What do you think? Do you think you have to buy into all of somebody's platform? No, I don't think so at all. And I don't think anybody probably does agree right. with anybody. Or Trump. Anybody on anything. But there's the, the moment is fraught. And so I think there's some emotion in those kinds of things. Like if you're not going to, I'm giving it a voice. I shouldn't do that. If you're not going to buy into all of the platform and these other things, like don't. Well, I do think it's fair to say that MLK spent a lot of his life and a lot of his energy and a lot of his like mental and professional time working to uplift uh, black people in America. Mm-hmm. And so if you are not in agreement with him on that and then you're like, happy MLK Day, that is, there is a lot about that that rings false and inauthentic. You know, so it's like, yeah. why would you, I think mostly it's a question like, why would you be posting that if you don't, if you also aren't trying to do the work of uplifting black people in America? And that's probably what I think is the actual issue. Yeah. As people feel like he's co opted by people who are doing performative allyship, yes. aren't going to make a change in their life. Yeah. Hmm. And I think a lot of people I know would say, like, that they are more concerned with, like, the lives, the lived experiences of, like, people who are claiming to be allies. Like, what are you doing every day as opposed to, like, what are you doing on this one day? Right. I mean, it's sort of like, you know. We make jokes about like Christmas and Easter Christians and it's like if you're only if the only time you ever think about 
like God and spirituality is on Easter and Christmas, then it's like, I mean, again, I'm not out here to judge anybody and I don't know how the world works in any way, but it's like, if then you pretended to be an expert on Christianity, that would be weird, you know? Good analogy. Um, and so I think it's something similar to that. Which is not to say that like, um, yeah, it would be weird if someone all the time was like being actively racist or refusing to acknowledge that systemic racism existed and then being like, and also I'm an expert on MLK and black people's experiences in America. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the gifts that Colin Kaepernick will have given us mm-hmm. is that, um, you know, he's probably a better litmus test whether or not you actually like MLK than MLK is right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw something, some tweet about that. Yeah. No, like, I'm, I'm borrowing you, that from something I saw already. The popular culture. What about you? How does that make you feel? What thing? Um, what I just said. Yeah, I mostly... Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said. I just have a fear um, around this, and I think part of it is because of past sermon fails. Oh, sure. And But then I'm like, hmm, is it worse to not say anything and just say I want to learn and listen? It's so hard, I think, you know, not to carry that stuff. Not to feel like, oh, I, well, I messed up previously, and so I have to think extra hard, or I don't know what the what is yeah what is it so you think like i've made a mistake in the past in addressing this so why well, does it, it feels fraught and i feel unsure um i think too like here's one thing that kind of makes me roll my eyes okay and this is what i don't know what to do with okay is there are people now and i'm talking about white people okay who are way further down the journey than i am sure who have a posture of I think kind of ascension. Yeah. But they were a, where I was and further to the right of me at one point. And there will be a version of themselves in 20 years that looks at who they were now and is embarrassed by things they believe now. That's true of all of us always. All of us. Yeah. And what I don't get is, and I'm hijacking the conversation is I feel like one thing about Christianity, and this is our theme again, is to have grace for other people because we understand something about ourselves that is true. Well, and I will say this ties back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, the conversation we were having about like expertise. Um, that that even with things like that, like when I inter- encounter white people who are like, I totally get it. I'm like totally an ally. I get a little eye rolly because I'm like, we all have like been so deeply ingrained in this in these cultures of systemic racism that to say you totally get it and there's like nothing else for you to learn or to like say that um, you know to look down on someone who's trying but they just started learning is like how is that helpful to anybody? Well, know? in last summer in sabbatical. When I saw myself, Layla said, mm-hmm. um, how to be, or me and white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Then it was, I read Jamar Tinsby's book, mm-hmm. uh, Color Compromise, and I read a third one too, White Fragility, mm-hmm. Robin D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. Which is she, she's white, isn't she? I do not know. I think, I, anyways, I, that would be a big gaffe. I apologize for not knowing that. Okay. I feel like though she claims a story at the end where she messed up, which would only make sense to me if she was white. Yeah. Anyhow, um... Both Lila Said and Jamar Tisby. Yes. Both had the most scathing um, criticism for the person who pres- presumed to be the woke white person. Yeah. Like the liberal ally. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if it's kind of like because sometimes we think we've arrived and we need to stop learning at that point. Yeah. Well, and I think it's um, needed criticism because we are used to getting there. Do you know what I mean? Like we're used to being the person in the room who gets it or whatever. Or we're used to centering ourselves, I really suppose. And um, sometimes we need to get out of the way. A lot of time. Most of the time. 
Yeah. Um, and so I think claiming like, I really get it. I really, really get it is a way to center yourself in your own knowledge and not make space for the voices of people of color. And I should say, in case I sound like I'm getting chippy, that, I mean, most people I see post stuff. Are trying. And, and have a Absolutely. humility. Yeah. Um, I just think it's weird for me in Christianity, and it's under-celebrated reality that, um, you know, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That Absolutely. always gets used to talk about Romans Road, but, I mean, sort of a call to epistemic humility for everyone. Yeah. Um, I think is an under appreciated value yeah. in our culture. I think humility is like one of the hardest things. Here's the other thing too. I'm guilty as anybody. I just always trust people so much more if in the midst of their um, learning and their enthusiasm and their telling, they also will make public display of their own shortcomings. Yeah. That is a person I trust more and listen to more than other people. Yeah. Same. Uh, I had a friend who did a PhD work on, and her field of study was very similar. It was more specific. It was about mentees and mentors. Um, but it, the research that she did proved that mentees actually like grew closer and learned more from mentors who were honest and admitted their own mistakes. That's fascinating. Than they were to people who, mentors who pretended they were perfect. Um, this is a similar piece of data that I got from Matthew Polk, who's very smart. Mm -hmm. He said that um, doctors who apologize get sued less than those that don't. Yeah, I have heard that. Maybe I've heard it from you before. Yeah, which I just thought was fascinating because yes. it's it's everything we're they not tell told. Tell you not to. Right. Yeah. Um, wow. That is so interesting. Humility is a powerful thing. I agree. I think it's. One of the most powerful things, and I think, I think probably it's especially true because of our culture and the fact that it is, um, not just not valued, but like denigrated in our culture. Hmm. So, yeah. Well, Taylor, do you have anything else? This is a shorter one today. I don't think so. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Sometimes people are sick of us. Yeah. So, well, time. thanks everybody for tuning in. It was either this or. Yeah. As always. Oh, we need to do this. Okay. This is something we intended to do. Number one, okay. you had gotten a text from Taylor Terragrosso. Yeah. Uh, Beard. Yeah. About things we should talk about in the podcast, yes. which bloomed into a different idea we may do at church. Yeah. But um, we wanted to say if you have a topic you would like us to cover, we would love to think about covering it yeah. and talking about it. Yeah, it's not like we would do it the next week. Maybe. Yes. Also, experts. if you want to rate and review us, we haven't had one of those in a couple of weeks. Actually, I haven't looked. But um, oh. yeah, Kathleen's still the last, the one. last one. So Yeah, but if you have something that you would like for us to talk about or think about or address, please let us know. Because and, and we may even call you and you might be a guest. <gasps> oh my gosh, yeah, that's true. Because we have fun doing that. We love calling people. So if you have something you want us to talk about or think about, please let us know. Because that's always fun. So, thanks friends. Bye.